Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello there, and welcome to episode 34 of the AI Comic Pod. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today, which I think is something we say quite often, but this one is genuinely very different. We've been threatening slash promising to do this one basically since we started. Uh, we're actually going to cover comics today, just comics, which considering we're called the Comic Pod, you'd kind of think that we would have done in the previous 33 issues, but we haven't. Uh, I'm, of course, Stu. Uh, we've got no Rory today because Rory's off, like, having a life and stuff. So instead, I have the privilege of being joined by Mr. Joseph Connors. How are you doing? I'm doing real well, man. Real excited to talk comics. Really, really yes. excited. If, if nobody knows, Stu and I basically talk comics every week. Yeah, basically, that's mostly what we talk about in, in some way, shape, or form. I think I've, I've probably said this before. We, we both buy a lot of comics. We buy a lot of the same comics, so we've got a lot of overlapping material. And we said we were going to do a sort of introduction to the recent DC Rebirth. It's been going for about maybe seven or eight months now. It's doing really well. As, as Rory and I mentioned in the last pod in the uh, DC, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, it's getting great numbers. The sales are through the roof. They're killing Marvel, which is, you know, from a comic point of view, that's what they aim to be doing. So we thought now was a good time. Now we've got a good, a good bed of, uh, of material to talk about. We thought we'd really delve in there. We're going to talk about what Rebirth is and also what it isn't, because there's a bit of a misconception about it. We're going to have a, a look back at the New 52, which was the precursor to Rebirth. And then we want to look at our first title. So alphabetically speaking, that's going to be Aquaman. A uh, very misunderstood character. Very, very often maligned and... There's a lot of shit about Aquaman. You know, he's just the guy that talks to fish. And people don't realise how good he is and how strong he is and how capable he is. So we want to try and put a little bit of, of that right. And then we're hoping we can try and come back to these maybe every month or every other month and do a catch-up. So the next one we'd like to do Batman. Then maybe do Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Superman, what have you. And then we can just keep looping back round on them. Um, because the, the stories tend to run, what, 
six to ten issues, something like that. So yeah. we we can we can loop back round as and when a, a story finishes. So if we start off, then what is DC Rebirth? Whatever you've been told, whatever you've heard, it isn't a reboot. It's not what DC are often criticised for, which is every 10 years they just go, right, fuck it, we're going to redo the whole universe. That's not what it is. They did that with the New 52. They made a lot of mistakes, some of which we'll talk about in a bit more detail next. But Rebirth is just a correction. It's like a course correction. They went a little bit off course. They've tried to bring it back. They've, they've undone some things they've, they've done wrong. They've left a lot of other things as canon. Some things did stick. But they just wanted to get things back on track. They fucked up a lot of popular characters. Some of them came out of it pretty well. Others really didn't. Others really struggled. And when you've got Superman, one of the most recognisable popular characters in the world, lagging, and his sales were, were really falling through the floor... That's when you know you've done something fundamentally wrong, and I think that's what really shook them up. So, I'll I'll hand over to you on this one, um, Joe. So, if you if you give us a an introduction into the, the they did a one shot, didn't they, of DC Rebirth, which which looked at the whole universe. Why don't you give us an overview of what that what happened in that issue? So, the Rebirth is basically what Stu was saying. It's not. They work. DC is criticized for basically changing every ten years, and this is not what this is. And it's one of the main re- reasons it's it's really killing it in sales is because people are realizing that this is not the new Fifty Two. Um, the new Fifty Two was genuinely one of the most confusing things I've ever read in my entire life, books, anything wise. Um, still, kind of is. So, Rebirth in the first one shot, which was excellent. It's basically bringing you. It's bringing every character back into the same timeline. Is what it's trying to do. Um, you see the Flash returning. So the Flash is a big time, as he should be. He pretty much has to be. And every major story in DC is a linchpin to every major story because of what he can do and um, what he does. He can jump timelines. He can, you know, the Speed Force. Stu and I could probably do a whole pod on just that alone. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing how and complicated, but yeah. So in the first one shot, it's you're reading it and it's it's really good and um, Batman's in it. All your major characters are in it. Uh, it's really well drawn. It's excellently drawn, which is a big difference from the New Fifty Two. Um, it's not confusing. It's telling you basically what's going on. And at the end, you kind of see Doctor Manhattan, um, Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen fame. So he is a massive player in this. We just don't know exactly what how or exactly what he's done so far so that's kind of how rebirth starts now there were it's a lot the of first articles. time isn't it that they've really they've brought the the watchmen into the main dc universe so it was quite it was quite a revolutionary thing wasn't it it was always thought yeah. that they were in the main universe because in watchmen you can see dc um comics on the shelf i think somewhere in a shop that's and, right, and, and a lot of people don't see that. Yeah, that's actually a really good eye. It, it's a place. really good Easter egg. You can pick out some of the titles, so it was always thought that they were in the same universe because obviously that um, it, it's one of the subsidiary companies of DC that that put it out, but they've mm-hmm. never actually confirmed it until now. And we were just talking before we press record. There's a crossover story coming up in the next few months with the Flash and Batman, and they're actually going to start investigating the button that they found. So they're now yes. going to start really looking into it. Um, and it was Jeff Johns who said just after the one shot came out 
we're not in any rush to start looking at the Watchmen. This is a two-year plan, so it's going to be trickle-fed. You know, there'll be there'll be a six-month gap, and then they'll do something. Then there'll be another three-month gap, and then they'll do something else. So they are going to drag this out, which is what you want them to do, isn't it? Because if they shoot their load straight away, they've then got nothing for the next eighteen months. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what you want. It's, it's what they never did before, and they're finally they're finally getting it. Um, Stu just mentioned mentioned Jeff Johns, who is brilliant. He's awesome. He's Comic written God. Yeah, he really is a comic god. He's amazing, and he is basically in charge of everything DC movie-related and pretty much comic-related at this point. Um, so they've he's, gotten he's it really, really... He's taken Feige's role, hasn't he? He has. But yeah, he, he's got he's it still really, really right. in, in the, the comics. I mean, Jeff Johns is, is credited rightly with reinvigorating The Flash and, oh, yeah. and The Green Lantern. He did reboots for both of them in the early 2000s. Yeah, his the, Green Lantern work was amazing. And The Flash as well. The Flash had lagged a little bit. Because, again, he was another one. He had a very confusing backstory, didn't he? The switch over between Barry and Wally Mm -hmm. and all the problems that Wally had. And he just went, right, screw all of this. We're going to start from scratch and we're going to bring it all back to the way it used to be. And since then, The Flash has just been on an upwards trajectory. And same with Green Lantern. I I, I put an article out about it. I think it came out today. About Green Lanterns. Ah, Thank you very much. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's hard work. So, and <laughs> if it, people don't know, that's a lot of work in that article. So, yeah, it, if you if you do read it, which I'd be very appreciative of, you might start to understand how big the Green Lantern universe is, and you can see how it got so convoluted when you've got four or five main characters who essentially all do the same thing all at once. Imagine having five different Batman, all doing the same job, all calling themselves Batman, all in Gotham City. It would get really confusing, and Green Lantern sales went through the floor. So Jeff Johns again stepped in and went, "Right, we're going to do this. We're going to bring Hal Jordan back. We're going to set things back to the way it should be." And Green Lantern's been on an upwards curve since then as well. So don't underestimate how big Jeff Johns is. He he is the Kevin Feige. He he's the one that sits at the top of the table and pulls all the strings together and says, right, well, this bit from this film links in with the Justice League, but then this is going to filter out to Nightwing or, you know, the third Batman film in six years' time. He's the one that's got the vision, but he's got that vision from working inside the comics. You know, the guy used to write them. He knows how to do this, and he's just trying to blow that up a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly right. And Back to the rebirth number one, the one-shot, the two huge things that come from them are, Again, Dr. Manhattan coming into it, that's it's never happened, and that can't be underestimated how important that is for them to be in the, the continuity of DC. But the other thing is you see Wally West come back, Kid Flash, who has been gone for a long time. What, is it and 10? It's 10 years in the comics, isn't it? But I think in, yes. in reality it's been longer than that. Oh, it's been much longer than that in reality. But it, for them, the, I mean, that... That is huge. That is the first thing you see. And it's like, wow, he has been missing. And he, it's like, well, I think three or four pages in, you see him. Yeah. And it's like, wow, holy shit, this is, this is really happening. And he, ha- again, he hasn't been around. And then after the one shot, you start getting into, you know, all your number ones, like your Superman, your all-star Batman, and your, I mean, the, the, the writing so far and the comics so far have been excellent. All the stories have been excellent. Obviously, some better than others, but that's that's any comics doesn't matter. But they they really have a hit on their hands, and that shows from the sales. So just just for a bit of background, what happened? Where did Wally West go? 
All right, so should I do this from the new 52? Yeah, I suppose we should because it continues on from there, so that's the logical place. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out where... So this is that's that's a really good conquest. Um, we'll tell you what if we if we go back before at the at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was nineteen eighty four. Yeah, Barry Allen. I won't bore you how, but Barry Allen runs so fast he sacrifices his life, and it looks as though he's died. He yes. hasn't actually died because, as we know, nobody in comics is ever really dead, especially if you don't see a body. And there was no body; <laughs> there was just a crumpled suit on the floor. And he became one with the Speed Force. He ran so fast that he became pure energy, basically. So Wally West, who was the, the kid Flash, he used to wear the, the yellow suit, similar to what Wally West wears in the show now. Yellow yeah, suit, Red Titan. Flash. Um, this is the traditional ginger Wally West. The, the African-American Wally West came later, which is also confusing because you've now got two Wally Wests yes. because of the new 52, so fuck it for that. And he, he decides that he's got, he, the only way he can honour Barry Allen, who is his friend and his mentor, he needs to become the Flash. But he creates these mental barriers. He doesn't want to be... He, do, he wants to be the Flash, but he doesn't want to surpass Barry's legacy. So he creates a mental block that prevents him from ever being faster than Barry, because in his mind, Barry will always be the Flash. Through one thing and another, he eventually breaks down this mental barrier, and Wally West is the fastest version of the Flash. Barry will all, always be considered the quintessential version, but Wally is infinitely faster. So, Way faster. So, so there's your background of Wally becoming the Flash. Yes. And so that's who's returning. So he's been gone for a long time, and him returning changes everything, literally changes the whole entire universe. Um, so it gets a little confusing because now you have a lot of flashes out there, but as Stu just said, he's kind of the catalyst for what is about to happen. So I'm, I'm trying to think how, how did Wally disappear? It it was another one, wasn't it? Where he, he was doing something and he ran too fast. He got, I'm trying to remember this now. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's what it was because there's generally a rule of thumb with speedsters that you've got to be careful how fast you run because you always run the risk of running so fast that you cease to exist. But they know now that if a speedster runs too fast, they don't die. They merge with the speed force. They go to, they covered it quite well in the TV series. It's like another physical place that only speedsters can get to. It's where every speedster draws their power from. And for, it, for want of a better explanation, Wally is merged with the Speed Force and he's trapped. But then the New 52 restructured everything. And f- between five and ten years of everyone's memory was erased, wasn't it? So everyone yeah. that knew Wally suddenly forgot him. But with the Teen Titans, his former team, so you've got... Formerly it was Robin, it's now Nightwing. You've got... Arsenal, a.k.a. Speedy, a.k.a. Red Arrow, a.k.a. Roy Harper. You've got, oh, oh Starf- Starfire? Starfire, yeah. yeah you, um, you've got Raven in there as well, and the lineup's changed a little bit. You've got um, Donna Troy as... The name's completely escaped me. But anyway, they, they forgot who Wally was, but they knew that something was missing. They, they had like a piece of them that was missing, but they couldn't tell what it was. They couldn't put their finger on what had happened. 
the only person that remembered Wally was Barry. Yeah. So, so in this one-shot episode, Wally appears out the Speed Force and he appears to a few different people and nobody remembers him. And what he needs is he needs physical contact with the real world in order to snap him back and to bring him back. I think they've done it in the TV show where they talk about Barry always having an they, anchor. They do. Something yeah. to ground him. And in their version, it's Iris. Um, now in this, it's Linda, isn't it? Linda Park. It's Linda Park, yeah. Because and, he goes to, you know, he, he, he goes to Batman first. Batman can't quite figure it out. And then you start seeing him. I think it, then they start talking about his backstory. Because then you see all the flashes in the, the reboot, the first one. Yeah. And then you see... Trying to remember who it is you see after this. Yeah, it's it's a bit confusing. So I'm trying to get this all in my head too. But he, he appears to several people, doesn't he? And then it is last hope because every time he appears to someone, it's taken a little bit of his energy, and he knows he's only got one chance left. So he thinks, yeah. right, if anyone's going to remember me, it's going to be my best friend. It's going to be the man that made me who I am today. It's going to be Barry. He appears to Barry, and Barry doesn't recognise him straight away, does he? But he knows that he knows him from somewhere. And then mm-hmm. Wally starts saying his final goodbye, and it looks like he's about to wither and die, sort of shades of, of crisis. And then just as he's about to go, Barry snaps into it and goes, Wally? And he reaches out, and as he touches his him, hands. it's yeah. a brilliant panel. And then there's, there's flashes of lightning, and there's you know, smoke and mirrors, and all of a sudden they the, two, the yeah. two of them are stood there, and there's this incredible scene where he's hugging him, and I think Barry says to him, how could I ever forget you? Yep, yeah, that's and what he says, how could I ever so forget? That, that moment, that's the new 52 being flushed down the toilet, because everything that's right. really has been, has been undone by Wally being pulled back into the, into the present. Yeah, he was the key character that really it pissed a lot of people off about the new 52, because that's, that's the excuse they basically use to change every single character, is by Wally being Wally disappearing. So exactly like you said, him seeing Barry really brought that back to the forefront and now really kicks everything off. And, and in a way, it's kind of a, a bit of an odd tribute because it, it, they're saying this is how important Wally West is. He's so important that his disappearance completely destabilized the entire universe. Exactly. And, I mean, the, the stories that go before this, you've got, First, it was Flashpoint, wasn't it? And then at the end of Flashpoint, they introduced the idea that there was actually three different universes all under the one umbrella. And then they had mm-hmm. the Convergence storyline. And then it's the end of Convergence, which led into the New 52. So you can see why DC got a lot of stick. They, they are very, very, very fond of, of crossover storylines that pull everyone together that really make your headache. Yeah, they, they crossed over too much in the New 52, and that was one of the big problems because, I mean, they were really competing with Secret Marvel's Secret Wars, which was really good, and they just got smashed by it. But Convergence just kind of really makes no sense. There's a lot of things during the New 52 which like they literally didn't tie up, like the character Pandora, who had so much promise and is supposed to unlock the keys to the whole 52, and then nothing happens. They don't explain it. And it, it's like they, it's a big, I know it's a big marketing thing and to get the people to buy their comics, I, I understand that. But when you basically tell your fans that, hey, this whole time we, it's like, it's like the TV show Lost, which I do love, but the endings just got awful and they oh. don't explain, they explain like nothing. And that's basically what happens in New 52. They don't explain shit. 
So it's you're left with a lot of answers after what four years of comic books. Yeah, and it's 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 aggravating because and that's why they really owed it to fans to do rebirth to make something like this and go, okay, at least we can follow this. Like this is something to start. They're going to explain Doctor Manhattan. They already explained Wally to you, which I sorry I can't believe I forgot. It's just been a while since I've read that since it came out. Um, but yeah, it's it's so much better. But their new fifty two is just. So it's confusing. It's they just butchered it. Is real. I mean, there's some. There's I would say there's some good things about it, but they butchered so many characters. That, um, Green Arrow is is not very good, and I don't know how you can not pair Black Canary Canary with in the in the whole damn series. They they went actually out of the way, didn't they, to drive a wedge yes. between Black Canary and Green Arrow, and that's happened before in the late seventies, I think. And that and again, that's when Green Arrow's popularity went down the shitter and then there was a new yes. run that started in the 80s when the two of them moved out to Seattle and Green Arrow's never been more popular they, they moved away from him being a superhero and he became more of a social activist he didn't even refer to himself as Green Arrow no. and, and he, he left all the trick arrows behind and he was just a normal archer and he was doing he was looking at socio-political things and he was trying to take down corrupt corporations rather than you mm-hmm. know invading alien forces Black Canary stopped using the sonic cry, and they they really played on the fact that this is two normal people. They're vulnerable. They don't have superpowers. You know, they're not bulletproof. If you can shoot them, they're dead. They're dead. And, yeah. and they've never been more popular. I was doing a lot of reading last night after I finished reading Quiver, which, if you've not read it, oh, it's excellent. Is a fucking incredible book written by Kevin Smith, and everyone yeah. loves Kevin Smith. Everything the guy genius. touches turns to just pure genius. He's, he's fantastic. If you like Jay and Silent Bob, that's Kevin Smith. More mm-hmm. Rats, Dogma, Chase and Amy, uh, Clarks. And then he's he, done episodes of Supergirl, uh, Green Arrow, I believe. Yeah, he, he's and, directed them. Yeah, he's just the guy's a fucking genius. And, just, and the episodes and he knows that he does so well. always see a spike in ratings because he just knows yep. how to write comics. Because at the end of the day, he's many things to many people, but he's a comic book fan. He yes. loves comic books and you can't get better than a comic book fan writing comic books because he knows yeah, I mean, what he wants to read yeah he's brilliant he, I mean, he named his daughter after a comic book character yes, I mean, he's the Harley, guy every, yeah, Harley Quinn just, Smith yeah it's the greatest name ever it's awesome and she was in he's, Supergirl the last episode yes, that he directed he was in the episode she That's played right, yeah. the, um, the missing girl that Kara went looking for I didn't yep. realise she was in I was like I know her face uh, yeah Harley well, she's so old now too. You know what I mean? Like he's been around forever. So, and you know, when he first did like yeah, Jay and Silent Bob, she was like she a, was small. He's got like a twenty-year-old daughter or something, or she might even be early twenties. Yeah, yeah, but it's he, crazy. But, yeah, he's. I mean, he's brilliant. So, so Green Arrow. He's a hard one to get wrong. He's like you said about Batman. How can you fuck up Batman? How can you fuck up Green Arrow? He's literally got like what two things? One, he's an excellent <laughs> archer. Two, he's a smart ass. That's it. It's the same as Batman. He's got cool gadgets, and he's a miserable bastard. Yeah, you, you, you can't really. You can understand how you can fuck up the Green Lanterns because it's got so much mythology. You can understand how you can fuck up, you know, Thor and things like that. But how do you get just basic people with an arsenal wrong? And and yeah, they, they really did. One thing that did come out of the New Fifty Two well was they reinvigorated Barbara Gordon. So. Barbara Gordon, the the most popular incarnation of Batgirl, crippled in the killing joke by the Joker, 
and for a long time she didn't drop out she she sort of moved behind the cape and she became the oracle so she was batman's eyes ears and his technical support wasn't she she was like his overwatch yeah. like like mm-hmm. felicity does in uh, in arrow yes and they even had that joke a while ago when they gave her a new name and she wanted to call herself oracle and oliver said but something along the lines of, but it's being used by someone. So there was a little tip of the hat that, that Batman might exist in the Arrowverse. But a lot of people, they, they then had, there's been two or three other people that have, have been Batgirl. There was Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane. Yes. And they weren't really as popular. Um, Stephanie Brown is now spoiler. She's in Rebirth in Detective Comics. And Cassandra Kane is... Oh, Cassandra Kane exists somebody else. Oh, uh, she's um Damn it. Is it Orphan? Uh is she Orphan now? Uh, she is Yeah, she is. She's Orphan. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, she is. Yeah, she but, definitely is. So they they went back and they didn't they didn't do it in a stupid way. She didn't just wake up all of a sudden one day and she could walk again. They weren't that stupid. They were clever. Somebody, I think, had pioneered a new surgery, a new technique that enabled them to repair her spinal cord. Mm-hmm. So she was then able to gradually get back walking, get back on her feet. And she realized that as much as she loved being Oracle, she loved being Batgirl more. She wanted to be out there fighting. She's now in the rebirth and she's got two of her own comics. She's got Batgirl and Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, which is Batgirl, the Huntress. And Black Canary. Black and I subscribed yeah. to that one. And it's a brilliant really good. book. It's drawn yeah. really well. I, I gave up on Batgirl because the storyline was a little bit crappy. A little boring. And, yeah. and the artwork, it was a little bit too sort of anime, which I'm, I'm not that big a fan of. But the, Yeah, we the, talked about that beforehand. We both don't like that. Yeah, we, we like our comics to look basically the way that DC are doing them right now. The, the, the way some of the Rebirth comics are drawn is some of the best artwork I've seen full stop, or at the very least since the late 80s, early 90s, which is my, that's my golden era of comics, was the early 90s, like 93 to 95, when I started getting into it. The artwork was phenomenal. And some of the Rebirth stuff now is that good. I've said several times there are panels and covers that I wish I could get blown up onto canvas because I just want them all around the walls in my man cave because they look so good. It's artwork, you know, for £1.95. It, it's, it's fantastic stuff. But we, we're not big fans of the way that the new 52 looked either. So, some characters came off quite well. Some others, of them did. Others came well, off really badly. I thought the majority of them, I, I just was not my taste, but the, the Batgirl one was written by Gail Simone, who is easily one of my favorite writers. She's done Deadpool before. Um, She's done. Uh, is it? Is she do Black Canary? I think she's done Black Canary. She's excellent. But that whole story arc for all those years was all her, and she does one of my favorite comics now, which is Clean Room. I love that, and I love the darker the better for me, and that's why I like it. But yeah, she. I think she made that character because that's a tough character to really put at the forefront, and she did that so well. And it's it's a shame because she had a lot of problems with DC. They actually, I don't know if you know this, did you know they fired her by email and then they brought, it's ridiculous. They fired her by email and then because fans got annoyed, they literally brought her back. So how embarrassing is that for DC? Yeah. But yeah. She's just amazing. Yeah. Birds of prey. That's what it is. Yeah. She did birds of prey. 
she's just she's really 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 good she's one of my favorite writers up there with you know jeff johns brian azarello guys like that um but yeah again dc dc 52 majority of that was terrible but you're right there was some good things out of it and batgirl was definitely one of them um I wouldn't say there's one of the one things, and you and I had this conversation before. That drives me the crazy the most is 52 is where they came up with the new Wonder Woman. Um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, <laughs> Joey Joey is to Wonder Woman what I am to Green Lantern. I hold the Green Lanterns on a pedestal, you know, yeah, surrounded right. by a white picket fence. That's what Joe's like with Wonder Woman, and the the traditional story of Wonder Woman which has been around for decades and eons, is her mother, Hippolyta, sculpted her from clay and prayed to the gods to give her life. Mm -hmm. So she's created in the most incredible mythical way. By, By her very conception, she is a mythical creature. And then they went and made her really, really normal in the New 52, because apparently that was too weird. You know, it's not weird that She's basically from a colony of female gods on a woman-only <laughs> island that exists somewhere in the middle of the ocean, but nobody knows where, and you can't get there unless they want you to get there and find them. If you flew a plane over it, you could fly and never see it. But if Wonder Woman was with you, you know, she would sort of give you access to, to the island. That, that's not weird. But they thought, well, we need to make this a bit more normal. So Hippolyta hops into bed with Zeus. Which so. just royally pissed me off, and that it, this is like this is like the first feminist icon ever. Whether you believe comic books or kid stuff, or if you don't read them, what you don't understand is that these are real life topics which happen in real life. It doesn't need to be written by Ernest Hemingway or Charles Dickens. The writing on some of this stuff is amazing, and it's it's literally play, it's life playing out in comic books so well it, it follows social trends doesn't it we we spoke in time. the past about black panther and luke cage you know they were popular comics at the time when black people were second class citizens so oh, for, yeah. for, for marvel to be going you know what we're gonna have a black superhero in his own title on the cover alongside all these white guys that's a big deal it's the same for wonder woman wonder woman was standing up there going do you know Superman? Do you know this guy that's the most powerful guy in the world? I could batter him if I wanted to. You know Batman mm-hmm. that everyone loves? If I decided, I could snap his neck like that. In a second. And he yep. wouldn't in even be able to stop me. So, And the only thing they did with her is they, they gave her a corny new costume. And yeah. it was like... she Because the whole point of it was, you know, 52, they wanted their big characters to be in the forefront. Obviously, Batman and Superman. But she's a massive character. And, and like you just said could easily destroy both of them and then they just butchered that and it, it, i'll never forgive them for that because it's they had the she had the perfect origin story she's the perfect character for me and then you went and did that just i, I really don't know why to appease fans to appease fans because that's the natural birth as a man sleeps with a woman and it was dumb they did it with other stuff too that it, that's why they, they got on gail simone about i think it was Batgirl's. what was it her roommate was it was it she a lesbian or she was a transgender? I think she was transgender. I think so. And they, like they, they they were basically cutting out everything. The editors destroyed the writer's ideas. Yeah. Like Superman. Remember, Greg Perez had all those problems with it. He literally would put a script in that he wanted that he wrote, and they butchered it and changed the whole thing. So he quit. 
He's like, if you're just going to change what I'm writing, why am I going? Why am I getting paid to do this? Which is fair enough, isn't it? You know, his job is to do what is to do one thing, and if they won't let him do his one thing, why do it? You know, he's obviously not getting satisfaction out of seeing his stories changed and and butchered. Yeah, these are big time writers. These aren't guys who are just hired. They've been doing it for years in this business. Yeah, and uh, you know, you 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 could have did a lot with Fifty Two, and really, all you did with Fifty Two is confuse every comic book reader. And turn off basically almost every one of your fans because not many of these I, – I, there's only a, literally a handful of things you can pick out. Like you said, Batgirl was good, but there's a handful of things that they did right. Um, but I, I, don't butchered, think I, any, I don't think anybody could argue that all the 52 new 52 was. They, they polished everyone. Everyone looked a yeah. little bit different, a little bit more modern, whether you like that or not. You know, do, does Wonder Woman need trousers? Not really. No, does not the cyborg all. need to be polished a little bit? Not really. The only one that you can get away with is Batman, because Batman, Batman never has one outfit for more than three weeks, because he's always got some new gadget. And yeah, Batman I mean, they probably the is. Titans. Yeah, the, the Titans didn't come out of it well. There, there were some things they did that made sense, like Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, was depicted as as gay. And they did it very well. They got a lot of yeah. plaudits for doing it. It was very tastefully done. And it, it, it was telling a story. He'd never told people because, you know, he didn't want people to... He didn't want people to be calling him a sissy and to thinking, well, I don't want the Green Lantern to help me because he's gay and things like that. But it turns out that he's been in a long-term relationship. You know, mm-hmm. while Superman's been with Lois, he's been with his partner. And he then, exactly. he then became a little bit more popular in, you know, the LBGT community. So they did get a lot of praise for that. But most other And he's people, the character that's been around for forever, oh Jesus, like the 40s. 70, you know? 80 years. Yeah, and, I mean, and he needed it because his backstory was wank. As, as I detailed in my article that I may have just mentioned, his, his story didn't fit with what we now know of Green Lanterns. He was magic rather than cosmic. That's right. He, he, he didn't have the oath. His, his ring didn't work on wood. So nope. if you were trying to escape the Green Lantern, if you went and hid in a shed, he couldn't get you. <laughs> you know, it, it was really, really stupid. So they retconned his backstory and some of the backstories needed working on. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously think about these things differently in 2011 than they did in 1945 or whatever. And going back and changing those things isn't bad. But when you're doing it to two or three hundred characters and you're doing it to every one of them, it's like the butterfly effect, isn't it? Any little thing yeah. you change has massive consequences over the previous 60, 70 years of comics. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has a daughter. And, then, uh, and, I, and I do agree with you, it was tastefully done, but and I, that happens in real life too. People get married and they realize, wait, I'm not, you know, I'm not heterosexual, I'm actually homosexual, which is completely fine, but it's like, the way that popped out of everywhere, it just felt like everything was forced. Like the whole 52 was, let's pick something and write about it, but let's not get too risque. Like we can't talk about lesbians. We can't talk, if it's two men, it's okay. But the whole lesbian thing, they shot that down. Like we already talked about with the transgender. You know, transgender in 2017 is in the forefront. You know, look at the new cover girl. You know what I mean? Like that, that's yeah. big stuff. But just six years ago, this six years ago, they, like, they couldn't even talk about that. They were firing some of their like Gail Simone is one of the best writers in general. It's not just comic books; she's done books too. They fired her over stuff like that, 
and it's it's embarrassing and you know it is embarrassing or at least it should be there there should be a lot of people who hear those things or read them and hang the head and go bloody hell because if you even want to be cynical about it even if they were cautious about it was there not one person amongst the the decision makers who went you know what we would look really progressive if we did this we would look really we would be really out there we could get ahead of everyone by doing this exactly and yeah. he, and it's cynical and it but it's all about money it's all about perception in these things that's that's exactly right and they, yeah they and could that's have turned they could have played it as equality and being proud to stand up for who you are what you are who you love who you don't love whatever but behind the scenes, they could have been going, hey, 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 rubbing their hands together, we're going to get serious money off this. And they and had I think a really that's what big chance to, to, to get out. And again, to get out ahead of Marvel. But it's, it's really, it's a two-horse race. If yep. one of them does it first, when the other one does it, they've copied off them. So it could have been a chance for DC to get out there and go, you know what, we want to be seen, we want to be known as the first people that had you know, transgender characters prominently displayed in our major titles, not buried in the back issues of some weird thing that you'll never read. You know, we want them to be in the Bat family. The Bat family is, for you and I anyway, that's like the comic book royalty. You know, if you're you're an indoctrinated member of the Bat family, you've made it. So when Mm -hmm. you've got Batman, you've got four active Robins, Batgirl, Batwoman, and Nightwing. all the other things that, that Batwing, yeah, Nightwing, you, you've got all of these different things all at once. You know, for them to have just gone, Barbara Gordon's roommate is transgender, that's still under the Bat title. Anything that's Bat hyphen something gets news, gets press. Yeah. And it, they yeah, really, really could does. have got out ahead of it. Batman is probably one of the only ones who came out of the new 52 with some semblance of his head held high. They didn't fuck with him that much that's right and, the, and i think the only reason he came out like that is because the story time was so good yeah and that's and it's hard to do fresh things with a character who's been around forever like what hasn't been written about batman that you you didn't know but again scott snyder really killed it with that he did an excellent job just a great job and again i've already said i didn't really like the artwork as much i wasn't a huge fan of that but he just seemed to really understand Bruce Wayne, and it, that's what's the hard, hardest part about this. It's like when we see them on screen, it's easy to be Batman. It's incredibly different to be Bruce Wayne, but he really nailed it. I, I, he really did. I give him all the credit in the world. And the story, like I said, the storytelling was really, really, really good, and that was just abnormal for the rest of that because I thought the rest of it was kind of crap, like we've already talked about. My, my favorite was when they did um, Death of the Family. Awesome. With the return of the Joker. So the Joker in Arkham Asylum, he has his his face is carved off him. He then starts wearing his own face as a mask. If this sounds familiar, this is the storyline that Gotham has taken and butchered for the recent Joker, not Joker thing with Jerome, which has been poo. And then he has this awful, awful moment where he, he kidnaps Alfred... Mm-hmm. And he kidnaps all the Bat family, doesn't he? And Batman yes. wakes up after he's being drugged and they're all tied to chairs and they've all got their faces wrapped in bloody bandages. And he brings out a platter and he's serving the Bat family their own faces. He hasn't actually cut their faces off, but he's set nope. the scene as if he has. 
and it's a real real head fuck you're reading it with one hand on the book and one hand like covering your eyes because you can't believe that the batman is trying to serve rob in his own face and batgirl her own face crazy it's gross and it introduced the court of owls which is now that was that's one of the underlying stories in gotham and that's become yeah it's a a really really huge angle this idea that there's this secret society that has run gotham for decades, for hundreds and hundreds of years, anything that's happened has been their decision, their say-so, and ultimately by their hand. If somebody's assassinated, they made it happen. If somebody lives, they allowed it to happen. And it, it's really gone on. They also had, I think it was the very last or the second-to-last graphic novel that came out of it where Commissioner Gordon becomes Batman. He does, which I, I wasn't a fan of that, but yeah, he does. But he's wearing that big, massive tech suit, isn't he? Yes. It's like uh-huh. Robocop meets Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and it looked badass as fuck. It really did. You've got a massive Robo-Bat suit with a gigantic, like a hand cannon. But Batman in this time works for the police. It's officially a GCPD thing. Yeah. And, and Batman came out of it well. But if anyone came out of it really badly... It was poor old Superman. Superman. Just awful. Just got shit on from a huge height. And to, to just quickly sum up what they did, his relationship with Lois Lane never happened. Now, for as long as you and I have known Batman, uh, Superman, he's mm-hmm. been a fan of Lois Lane. Then he was in love with her and it wasn't reciprocated. Then she was going out and then they were married. And then all of a sudden, click of the fingers, it's gone. Both of his parents have died. So again, he's now lost his mum. He's always had his mum. It was the death of his dad that, w- that was the hard one, but he always had his yeah. mum that he could turn to. She was always his anchor. She kept him grounded when things were too hard. He's also depicted... And just keep in mind, this is probably... You really have to listen to what Stu says, because this is probably the most confusing Superman storyline ever. Yeah, he also... E- easily. He's not wearing a Superman suit. He's no. wearing blue jeans and a black T-shirt with an, uh, with an S on it. So he's not even yes. dressed as Superman. They then started to take his powers off him. Mm-hmm. So he loses the ability to fly, and he goes back to his old, old, old ability where he was able to leap buildings in a single bound. And, and I think he started losing his powers, sort of. He'd wake up, and all of a sudden, one day, oh, my heat vision's gone. And they just yeah. gradually powered him down, as if someone was turning a power level down, like a dimmer switch, 100%, 90, 80. And they just, they, they just basically took away everything that made Superman Superman. And then by the end of it, he was barely Superman. He wasn't even good man. He was just kind of shit man. And, <laughs> and he really, really didn't come out of it well at all. And no, it was, it was just brutal. And this, remember, this is an idea of Grant Morrison who is awesome. And I, I, I don't, I'd have to sit down with somebody from DC and they'd have to explain like the death of him losing his powers. None of it makes sense. None of it. There's just no reason for it. The only reason for it is to sell, is to sell comic books because it doesn't make sense. It's stupid. There's a, isn't there an earth Superman as well? There's two Supermans flying around. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean it, and they don't really, they still don't, really explain you have to i think the, the last storyline is what the final days of batman right or excuse me the final days of superman yeah it's just it's 
I've, I don't know if I've read a dumber comic book. That just makes no sense. There was no reason for them to do it other than selling. Like, there's shots of him, like, eating burritos. It's just, I don't get it. Like, it's, the whole thing is dumb. It's absolutely stupid, and I don't know why they did it. I, I, he is the most, whether you like him or not, he's the most iconic character in comic book lore ever. And they just throw him around like he was a nobody. Like, he just got no respect. Like, he just, it'll never make sense to me. It'll Not never really make either. sense why why there was two two Supermans. What, what was the point? It's still it's still confusing to this day. So there, there was uh, about a twenty year gap, wasn't there? You had there you was had this young yeah. Superman who was almost reticent of of the nineties Superboy, rather than because Superboy was an imperfect clone of Superman. Yes. He could do certain things that Superman could do, but he couldn't do everything. And I liked that about him. I used to buy Superboy comics because he was flawed. Mm-hmm. But then they had this all-powerful, slightly older, like you know, mid-forties version of Superman who could do everything that Superman could, and they're still actually explaining it away in in the Rebirth titles now. And it's going to take some explaining to uh, as to they, they they're going into like parallel dimensions, and they have uh, to basically just replace the new Fifty Two Superman. And I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. It, it, it's a bit of a struggle, and I'm I'm well known for not being a big Superman fan, but I subscribe now to Superman and Superman Action Comics, so you've got two completely different storylines. One of them is very much about the Clark Kent, Superman side of it, and the other one is more about Superman dealing with a world where Lex Luthor took on the mantle of Superman. He's got a, he's got a, um, a, a tech suit powered by yeah. a mother box that he stole from Apocalypse. And there's there's a huge arc that's been going on for about maybe 15, 16 issues. Superman doesn't trust him because the Earth where he comes from, uh, Lex Luthor was a villain. Everything that Lex Luthor has done so far has been for good, but he always believes that he's doing it for good with an evil undertone. He can't accept that Lex Luthor in this version is actually really good and is trying to help people. So it's been good in that sense, but you can see they're having to do some very, very clever, very cerebral things to undo the damage. Yeah, and so far they've pulled it off. They've done it very well. Yeah, I'll give them a lot of credit because so far they have. Because, again, I I know comic people who know more than I do that can't explain to me what actually happened. Like, what, what what is the point of it? Why is there two Supermans? Why does one have a son? Why is he losing his powers? Why does he die again? Yeah. It just makes absolutely no sense so i'm really hoping that they do finally explain that they that like this like maybe they should just come out and say you know what we were just having we were just winding you guys up yeah because there's there's, it's stupid there shouldn't be two supermans in a book at the same time ever and and you've now got the latest issue that arrived for me today you've now got superman fighting clark kent clark kent you've got a clark kent version but he's not got superpowers. He doesn't seem to be Kryptonian. He's an Earth Clark Kent. But then you've got and that's Superman that's the other thing we should explain w- to people too: how there's different Earths. Like there's Earth One, Earth Two, Earth Three, and yeah. I, that all sounds a bit confusing. But this is what they did with the New Fifty Two. They introduced this stuff, and it's again you until you and they're going to tie it together because I think that's the whole point of Doctor Manhattan in the, yeah. I mean, in the one shot of Rebirth because he's the only one. Well, Wally could probably do it, but Dr. Manhattan is 
probably, well, he's not probably, he is one of the most powerful characters in DC. And he's also mysterious. So with that, if you do kind of step out of his, okay, we already know what he can do, but you add to it, you can get away with that with him because he's so mysterious. Whereas you can't do that with any of the flashes, Batman, Wonder Woman, um, Superman, without it looking really corny. Yeah. I mean, if you watch any of the, the CW shows, that the Flash has done a really good job of explaining the multiverse. And DC introduced the idea decades ago. You had the original Justice Society, so you had the Jay Garrick Flash, and then mm-hmm. you had the um, Alan Scott Green, uh, Green Lantern, you had Doctor Fate, Hawkman, uh, Sandman, um, Oh, the, there was other people in there as well. And then they did a reboot, as, as DC tend to do. But then later on, they, so they, they then brought in the Barry Allen Flash, they brought in the mm-hmm. Hal Jordan Green Lantern. Um, mm-hmm. Doctor Fate is a bit of a weird one, because Doctor Fate is a position rather than a person. It depends who's wearing the helmet of, of Naboo. The, of Naboo, yeah. Which is, I love Doctor Fate. He's one of my, one of my favourite out there characters, because he's so weird, but he's so all-powerful. And whenever yeah, there's a big crossover. That, yeah, that, seeing him in that first uh, rebirth was like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, so. but he, he's, he's like the Spectre, isn't he? He's one of those characters you yes. might not see a lot of him, but when something universe-altering happens, they will always be there. Think of Doctor Strange. If something happens in the Marvel Universe, Doctor Strange is going to be there because he's so powerful. He's got the kind of power that can cross dimensions and universes, yes. and he could go to different Marvel Earths. That's what these guys are like. You know, they've got that level of godlike power. And they, they then decided, well, we can't just erase all of these adventures that the JSA had. So they came up with the idea of it happening on a different Earth. So we, we're on Earth 1. Hal Jordan was Earth 1's Green Lantern. Alan mm-hmm. Scott existed on Earth 2. Same with Jay Garrick. And then they introduced the idea of being able to cross between the Earths. There's now multiple different Earths. You, you, you'll have heard of the crime syndicate where Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash, Wonder Woman, they're all evil. They're, they're yeah. tyrants that rule the Earth with an iron fist. If you step out of line, they will murder you in cold blood. They're on Earth 3. You've got all these different versions, and this is where one of the other Supermen comes from. But as, as Joe just said, at some point they've got to nail down an explanation and say, look, we've got two Supermen. One of them is from here. The other one is from here. This one's the real Superman. This yeah. one's not. Because and eventually it just gets old, you know? Like, you, you, you can't keep having multiple... You can't keep having multiple characters of every, you know, different... Like, you can't have 18 Flashes going on at one time. You can't have two Supermen. You can't have two Batmen. Um, not when he's that powerful. When, you, when you're talking yeah. one of the most powerful characters in the universe... You can't have more than one. Otherwise, it's just no. stupid. Well, and people don't realize how powerful Flash is. Flash could wipe the floor with many, most of the characters. Well, look he at just... what he did in Flashpoint. If you've never read Flashpoint, yeah. the Flash has got the ability to go back in time, and he could fuck up existence. If he, if he traveled back far enough, he could prevent humans from ever existing. Because yep. the first creature that crawled out of the primordial ooze, he could kick it back in or chop its legs off and kick it back in the water, and he could have delayed evolution by millions of years. You know, he, he could stop anyone or anything happening just by running back to the wrong, the wrong day and time. He could push someone in front of a bus 
and the Germans could have won the Second World War. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he could change history in the most incredible way. But people just think that he runs fast, which exactly. he does. You know, it, his power is so... It, it's, it's almost undescribable how, how powerful certainly the Wally West version of The Flash is. It turns out that the speed force is generated by Barry. Every time Barry Allen runs, he yes. generates the speed force. And he's been and he doing didn't it know for that decades. for a long time. Yeah. And he's got he had a great, no idea. A great piece of mythology that when Barry Allen dies, he transforms into the bolt of lightning, travels back in time, and he yep. is the bolt of lightning, which transforms him into the flash. He is exactly. the lightning that came through the window. So he's basically. He's the snake eating its own arse, the, the Ouroboros symbol. Barry Allen is his own creation. He is his own origin story, which is fantastic. But Wally is infinitely more powerful. And, and that's it, the thing. Only the Flashes, sans Jay Garrick, can use the Speed Force. None of, none of the other ones can. Yeah. No, but none of the characters can. That's what, like, again, he, his, his, his punch, like, one punch from him, he, he literally could kill everybody. Well, he, he, could, he, he could wipe out existence, couldn't he? By, oh, by if, punching he, yeah. the ro- if he wanted to. And, and that's why the majority of them, even his own Justice League members, are incredibly afraid of him. Because if they ever really wanted to do that, there's absolutely nothing they could do to stop him. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, he, he could go back, couldn't he? He could end Superman, because all he'd have to do is run back in time and kill him when he was a baby. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, and that's, it's a horrible think, thing to say, but if the Flash was ever mind-controlled... Right or he ever had something happen. I mean, look at the, the injustice angle. We won't go into that. That's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> Superman becomes evil, not mind-controlled. He genuinely makes the choice yes, to become evil. to be evil. Yeah. If the Flash ever did that, he wouldn't need to fight Superman, because he could fight Superman before he even became Superman. He could wipe out Batman by stopping exactly. his parents being killed. You know, yeah, because when he went back in the Flashpoint, that was Thomas Wayne who was Batman. Yeah. If you remember. It wasn't actually Bruce. So One of my favourite stories ever. If it's you've awesome. never read Flashpoint, it's incredible. He turns the whole universe up on its head. Changes everything. Yeah, the it, whole it's, thing not, is- it's not Thomas and Martha that die in the alley. It's Bruce. Bruce gets yeah. shot. So Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. But he's a really angry, gun-toting Batman. He kills people. He beats people to death to, to avenge yes, the death of his son. And there's, oh, an, there's an ongoing war between the Atlanteans and the Themyscarian, so Aquaman's army versus Wonder Woman's army. Which is awesome. It's incredible. It really is a great book. But that just goes to show, and all that happened was because Barry ran back in time and saved his mum. And he did something that, relatively speaking, was really inconsequential. So if he went back and did something profound, he could wipe out half of human life just by, you know, something really nonsensical that he does you know on a sunny day in july he goes back to the present and the present doesn't exist all of his friends are dead there's so many crazy parts to it martha wayne becomes the joker i mean there's the, oh it's just, god yeah you remember that part yeah, yeah. Where she becomes the joke. it's amazing but it's funny about the speed force though because the guy we've already talked about jeff johns who we both think is a genius he actually hates it he doesn't like it he would love it to be completely written out of comic book lore i don't think that'll ever happen it's too deeply ingrained isn't it now it is now yeah but he hates it he he's on record as saying he would it's basically magic it's not and i i don't agree with that i mean if you want to read my article you can understand why and and it's still you can read my article and not understand it because it's that confusing um 
I think it was on the show, and it was it was definitely mentioned on the Flash show. And even then, they did, I don't think they did a good job of telling you what it was. I mean, it, I guess it's, it's a lot it's kind to of explain hard, away, but... isn't it? And I can, I can understand yeah. why Jeff Johns doesn't like it. It's the Star Trek thing. That's in, exactly in Star what, Trek. Yeah. They can just explain everything away by going, "Yeah, but it's the future." And in Star exactly. Wars, you can explain everything away by going, "Yeah, but the Force." You know, yeah, it's the force. The, the mysterious. Flash could yeah. wake up tomorrow with a whole new ability. He could wake up with the ability to fly, and they mm-hmm. could they could just go. Ah, oh, but it's because of the speed force. The speed force has given him this new power, and I think Jeff Johns appreciates good writing rather than yes, having this universal get out clause of there's this magic that exists behind him in, that that you can't see, you can't touch. But trust me when I says that everything he can do is because of the speed force. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's but, one of the coolest like, things in comics. I like it. I think it's brilliant because of because of the things it gives them the ability to do. You know, like the, the speed force is like a living entity. You know, yep. it, it, it's tangible. Only a speedster can touch it, but they can go inside the speed force as if they were running down a dark alleyway. You know, yeah, and, it's the reason that Jay Garrett can't touch it because he didn't get his powers from that. He yeah, he, from, it, by, it was, from Mercury. Yeah, it was science, wasn't it? Which, yes, again, it's because he was created in the 40s. There was nobody back then that had the, the presence of mind to think of something like the speed no. force. It was easier to just say, lab experiment gone wrong. All of that's a sudden, right. he can run really fast. Yeah, but And that's not- one of the coolest things, because they've kept the speed force around for years now, and they didn't do anything corny with Jay Garrick and go, oh, now he can use it. Yeah. So I, I like how they did that. Yeah. So I think that... I know we've waffled as we tend to do, but I'm sure you can appreciate from what we've been saying that New 52 was, was a complete universe altering 180 degree turnover. Rebirth isn't. Rebirth is just trying to get it back, get the shit back on track. They write it many wrongs. And a lot of what they've done so far has been right. Some of the stories have taken a bit of getting used to. I, I think the Wonder Woman one's been a little bit slow. You're actually going to be a little bit upset, but I've stopped with Wonder Woman now. I was finding oh. it really hard to follow. I gave up on Harley Quinn. I gave up on... Well, Harley Quinn's Deathstroke. one, we actually... We love the character, but we do agree on the storyline because it's just not... She's it's not, not, it's not up. She's she not a leading not. character. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. She is so much better if she plays off of Joker or Suicide Squad or somebody or like Poison that. Or Poison Ivy. Or you know, poison ivy. There's yes. nothing wrong with being a good sidekick. You know, look nope. at Robin. Robin is a brilliant sidekick. There's nothing wrong with being second fiddle to Batman. There's nothing wrong with Harley Quinn always nope. appearing next to the Joker, one of the most iconic villains ever depicted. Yes, easily. The, when, the best villain ever ever invented. And yes, gags, I'm including Darth Vader in that. <laughs> I was just going to say. You could, you could come at me on Twitter all you want. The Joker is single-handedly the best villain of all time, my friend. Yeah. Well, we've probably just been cancelled, so we may as well get some swear words <laughs> out. Shut for, shit, fuck bollocks. Um, we'll, we'll just do a quick... I nearly said interview, then. I wish we could do an interview with Aquaman, because we could probably both retire if we could speak to comics. Yes, I would. That would I would actually love that. Yeah, so. but looking alphabetically at the list, I currently subscribe to 20 different books. Which is obscene, because when I first started, I said I wasn't going to do more than five. So at first I got Green Lantern. You did say that, yeah. Flash, Batman, and Green Arrow. And then I thought, oh, well, I want to get Aquaman as well. And then, well, there's two Batman, so I have to get both of them. Same here. But but then I need to get the Justice League, 
Oh, but then I need to get Nightwing and Red Hood and Teen Titans and the Titans and Trinity, which is Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. And then I've got back and then I need Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. And now I've got Mm -hmm. Batwoman and the Justice League of America. Justice League of America is really good. The Super Sons, which is Superman's son, who Superman didn't used to have a son, but now he does. And the Damian Wayne incarnation of Robin. They hate each other, but they're being sort of forced together like the odd couple. Because Superboy is really ill-disciplined. He, he can't control his powers. And then you've got Damian Wayne, who is the most disciplined boy you will ever meet. A trained yes. killer since he could walk. And dies in 52, by the way. Yes. Which and is then, dumb, but we, we have already talked about the dumbness of 52, so yeah. continue, my friend. That, that's basically its headline of the new 52. It's really stupid. They did a lot of things which don't make any sense. But, you know, Damian Wayne exists now. He just does. So you, you've now got four active Robins. You've got Damian Wayne as Robin. You've got Dick Grayson as Nightwing. You've got Jason Todd as the Red Hood, who's brilliant. Yes, he is. And then you've got Tim Drake as Red Robin, who's kind of gone missing, assumed dead, but he's not really dead. But he'll mm-hmm. be coming back. But starting right at the top of my list is A for Aquaman. Now... I think I've bitched and moaned about this in the past <laughs> because Aquaman gets a really, really raw deal. He, he, he does. really does. When he first started out, he was kind of camp. He's wearing his green leggings and his orange lycra top with lovely gill and scale details on, and he can talk to fish and he rides everywhere on a dolphin. And he was kind of <laughs> the, the punchline of superheroes. He was certainly the punchline of the Justice League. You had Superman, the all-powerful alien. You know, you had Batman, the world's greatest detective. You had Wonder Woman, the Amazonian god. You've got Flash, the fastest man alive. Green Arrow, the deadliest archer in the world. And then you've got Aquaman, who can talk to fish. And, and he, he's had a bit of a rough time. But New Fifth, uh, sorry, Rebirth has done a really good job of saying, you know what, he's not just the guy that talks to fish. In the fourth or fifth issue of this run, he has a fist fight with Superman. And he's battering the shit. He's throwing tanks at Superman. It's intense. It's very intense. And I think at one point, Superman even says to him, I didn't know you could do that. He He, does say that. He doesn't realize how strong Aquaman is. And And remember, remember, sorry to cut you off. No, no, go for it. This is an Aquaman who, in his earliest beginnings, was just a human being. Like, that was his... That's how he started. When he was first created, he was a human being. It, it was nothing. His dad was a famous explorer underwater. You know, he he learned all his training and all the science. It, he's a human being who lives and thrives under the water, which is it sounds crazy now because that sounds like oh he's this corny character. But as Stu was saying in the rebirth, he literally kicks Superman's ass. Yeah, and I know a lot of people say oh a lot of people can kick Superman's ass, but that's really not true. There's no, a handful. it's not. You, you can yeah, there's a handful. on one hand. Some, some could That's give right. him a good fight, but the number of people that could actually potentially beat Superman down, it's you're very, talking very literally limited. four or five people. Yeah, and you and I have had this conversation before. It's probably Wonder Woman, Sentry, and I'll let you do the other ones if, you, if you'd like. Flash. Um, well, Flash. Aquaman probably could. Yes, he could. I, I, I always think Green Lantern could, because... Among Superman's Probably. things is Hal Jordan could because he's the strongest Green Lantern. Strongest Green Lantern, yeah. And all you'd have to do is a strong enough bubble that could cut off his air. 
You could mm-hmm. certainly... I've seen him knocked out by things like that. Whether you could kill him is a different matter. But they, they, they started this line-off. So Aquaman's real story now, he's neither human nor Atlantean. He's both. He, mm-hmm. is, he is of both worlds. And Aquaman, he grew up on land, didn't he? And, yes. And he is very much a surface dweller. And his whole ambition is for the surface world and Atlantis to get along. He wants Atlantis to become part of the UN. And a lot of the surface world don't want this because they're afraid of the unknown. You know, a lot of people don't like black people or don't like women, let alone this race of underwater fish people, basically. You know, they, they, they right. don't trust them. But Atlantis is very much like the way we're going to see Wakanda depicted in Black Panther. They're technologically mm-hmm. superior to us. So Big we've time. got tanks. They've got things which make tanks look like water pistols. They, they make, they've got weaponry that makes machine guns look like, you know, pea, uh, like pea shooters or, or Like kids' shot. toys. Yeah, like ki- yeah, it's like kids' toys. They've, we've got a stick. They've got a rock. They've exactly. got a rock. Remember, we've got a bazooka. So it's... Yeah, this it's, is a guy who can fight on land. He, he has no qualms doing that and can do that. So just because he's called Aquaman doesn't mean he can't... And he's had story arcs where he's brought war to, you know, all over the world. So it's not just as if it, like, he, you could just say to him, well, we're not going to fight because I'm not going to go in the water. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Because of the half human, half Atlantean. And think about the size of his kingdom. You know, he, he rules not just Atlantis, but he rules the ocean. So he controls 70% of the earth. Mm-hmm. Whether it's empty or not, he controls it. But, you know, he, he's derided for his ability to control fish. What about the fact that he can control blue whales? He can control sharks. Sharks. You know, yep. if, if you go in the water, if you were trying to invade Atlantis and you've got scuba divers, you know, if he suddenly conjures a giant shoal of great whites and hammerheads and backed up by blue whales to knock your submarines out of the way and stuff, you're fucked. You're absolutely yes. fucked. There's no getting away from it. But he can just as easily, he can get on the, on, the, on the ground and he can beat the snot out of you. You know, in this arc, he's... It, it, was a, it was a really good arc to start off the run. They didn't fuck about. They brought, straight away, they brought his, his arch nemesis, Black Manta, in. Black Manta, Straight yeah. away. And he, like I say, he, he wants Atlantis to become part of the UN. Surface dwellers aren't that keen on it. The Atlanteans, they're not keen on it, but he accepts they can't always live in the shadows. They can't always just live underwater. And there's a, a, a sort of a, a shadow group in the background which starts a war against the surface, pretending to be Atlanteans. So it looks yes. as though it's a, it's a group of rebel Atlanteans called uh, the Deluge. And they're sort of like a militant. It's kind of like... They're like a black ops group. They're really highly trained, super advanced weaponry. And they pretend that they're doing this under the order of of Aquaman. So Aquaman is treated as a war criminal. He's taken to the White House. He's then arrested. And for a time, he refuses to break out. You know, he could escape from a mortal, a human prison as easily as he could open a bag of crisps. But he chooses Mm -hmm. not to because he doesn't want to become a target. He doesn't want to be seen as guilty. His wife-to-be, Mira, 
who's going to be played by Amber Heard in the Aquaman yes. film, which looks amazing. It does look really good. And Jason good. Momoa looks like he's going to absolutely destroy it. Yeah, it fits, this, it fits that character to a T. He does. And I, I said in the last pod as well, he's been sitting on this for five years. So they've mm-hmm. had this in the works for a long time. This was probably meant to be the follow-up to the Green Lantern film that Bond. I think so too. I think you're dead on there. And he escapes, that makes sense. He escapes with the help of Mira. And the White House does the unthinkable. They have to call in the Justice League. So you've now got teammate against teammate. You've got Superman after Aquaman. Eventually, they manage to sort it all out. They manage to... It, it takes a good sort of five or six issues. They work out who's behind it all. They find Yeah, it's basically they're, they're a terrorist cell. And that's, it's, it's, again, hits right at home. A terrorist cell, an attack on American shore, and Aquaman, like you said, is choosing to be you know he he's not fighting right away he's choosing to stay in jail and he's that's his mo so sorry go ahead no no it's fine mate you, you just jump in whenever you've got anything yeah it's and what one thing it's done it, it's gone back to the classic look of aquaman of the green and orange and he's he's carrying his trident his staff which is brilliant my favorite version of aquaman is actually the the late 90s version the grizzled He's lost his hand. He's got the the harpoon hand. He's given up wearing a shirt. He just wears that shoulder piece of armor, the long yeah. hair, the beard. Basically, the Jason Momoa look, but Jason Momoa will have two hands. Whether he loses it in the film or not, I don't know, which would be cool because he lost that to um, a group of piranha, wasn't it? Yes. I think so. Yeah, I was going to say, it's funny because we keep talking about Jeff Johns, but his story arcs, of Aquaman or some of my least favorite. Because he, he lost the ability, didn't he, to talk to yes. marine life. So it was when, totally stupid. So when the, the piranhas were attacking his hand, he couldn't stop it. And he, he ends up planting this retractable harpoon um, on, his, on his arm. And he just looked really grizzled. And he, he's been king for a while by this point. But because they rolled everything back about 10 years, he's a younger, he's a bit more naive. He's not... 100% sure whether he's the king that everyone wants him to be. Mm-hmm. Lots of people don't know whether they trust him because a lot of the Atlanteans, they don't want to be part of the surface world because if you've lived underwater, what's the surface world ever done to you? All they've done is pollute you. We, exactly. They, they've they got all of our, our waste. They've got battleships and plane wrecks and all the rest of it, and we just use the oceans as a big shit tip. They're not exactly our biggest fans, but because Aquaman... Is the perfect emissary for both worlds. He's half Atlantean to bring them on land, but he's half human to bring them into the ocean. And it, it, it looks very political. And like you said, it does mirror real life. You're looking at domestic... It, for, for all intents, it's a domestic terror cell from right. Atlantis. From Atlantis, yeah. And, and it, it's kind of... I don't know. Without wanting to read too much into it, it's kind of like looking at IS or in previous years Al-Qaeda and the things they've done to America. That's right. It's yeah, no, you're right, it is. Thing. That's exactly right. And, and sometimes you can go a bit far, can't you, by trying to find hidden meaning in these things, but yeah. when you're reading there this is, art, there is it, it's, hard to, it it's hard to not pick up on that. Yeah, and remember, you know, this is Aquaman. He's a founding member of the Justice League. That's yeah. not something you take lightly. You know, This is one of the most iconic groups ever. And he's a found. There's a reason he's a founding member. He's incredibly powerful. 
Like his powers are not matched by many in the DC. And again, but it's like you said, it's because he can talk to dolphins and stuff, and people look at him like, oh, you're really, really corny. But he's not the laughing stock. He hasn't been the laughing stock in years of DC. Yeah, when I when I I picked up comics, Aquaman had really, really come out of it in the early nineties. But I think it was really in the seventies when he was really cheesy. He was yeah, I mean, this most is yeah, cheesy, big time. Yeah, this is this is those aren't the days where he's fighting and defeating Darkseid. You know, like yeah. not many people can defeat and defeat, and he has. He's defeated Darkseid, and that's. Again, that is a lot to be said if you know anything about Darkseid. It's, it's a lot to be said for that. So, yeah, the new, this new comic book, it was, I think it's Oscar Jimenez who does the, um, the, right, the drawing, and it's just it's phenomenal. It and looks, I, I went into it. It looks incredible. It really does. And I, I went into it with an open mind, just like I would do with anything else. But, again, it, I hadn't seen good Aquaman writing in a long time. But that's... Thankfully, it's changed. I mean, it's it's gotten really high reviews, and I would agree with every one of them. I yeah. think it's up to what seventeen episodes or seventeen books, something like I that. Yeah, because it, it's one of the seventeenth comes out this week. A lot of a lot of the titles are only one a month, but this is one of the more popular ones. So this, yeah, Batman, Superman, Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns—they're all bi-weekly, so they're getting bi-weekly. two issues a month. So their their numbers are stacking up a lot quicker. And they're cheaper. That's the other thing we should yeah, talk about. I mean, they I, are a little. That's I, you I know, comic books are expensive. Them, but for me over here, the, uh, an issue is one ninety five. So it, pounds uh, you're uh, talking uh, about? Yeah, one, one pound ninety five. So they're cheaper in okay. pounds than they are in dollars. They are because they're three dollars over here for an episode, for a book. But again, that came down from almost four and five. Yeah, so, which is another difference. thing that they did when they, they did Rebirth. I do remember reading someone said they wanted to bring the price down almost as low as they could get it while still making a profit because they mm-hmm. want to make them more accessible. They wanted to go back to the the sort of 70s and 80s heydays where you know kids feel more inclined to go down to the newsagents and pick up a comic, even if it's only one. You know, If your pocket money is a few pounds a week, you can now afford to get back into comics. Exactly, and Which, that's I mean, one of the, that's the huge reason reasons people. Yeah, that's, that's what you and I talked about that because I tried to get you back into it, and I'm like, listen, it's it's different now. Like the, that early '90s garbage and stuff like Fifty Two, which was not worth spending your money on. It's not like that anymore. The writing is really excellent, and the you know it's the, mature, isn't it? It's very mature it writing. Yes, comic books are not for. I mean, a lot of this stuff is not for little kids anymore. It, you, you would not want to expose this to a little kid. Some of the stuff oh, they no, talk about. Never. Most of the titles that I get, I don't think I would be comfortable showing to a kid under no, teens. Not a, no, so not at the, all. Some of the themes, the language, and the way it's drawn, you know, they are quite bloody. There's, there's nothing overtly, there's no swearing. You're not seeing, like, graphic mutilations and things like that, but it's dealing with themes that maybe kids wouldn't be, you know, too they okay with. Them, and they maybe wouldn't, sure. they just wouldn't get it. They wouldn't understand it. That's the big thing. Exactly. Like when you're talking about um, sexuality and you're talking about terror cells, kids don't understand that. Yeah. So this stuff is written for adults. Yeah, they just uh, they might might still read it, but they don't get it. And this this Aquaman, and I guess it makes sense because the movie's coming out, but it is really excellent. And I, I was not expecting that. I was expecting good, but this is borderline great for me so far. And again, this isn't just a few. Um, few books. This is the seventeenth comes out this week. They're rolling with this, and yeah. it's very nice to see he's he's finally getting his due. Aquaman. 
yeah, we, we don't want to go on a sort of episode uh, issue by issue basis in case anyone does go back and and start yeah. reading. We don't want to spoil. Don't want to ruin it for you. It, it, that would yeah. be really shitty. Big but time. If you were going to start anywhere, Aquaman is a very very good one to start with. You will always get people that will naturally gravitate to Superman, Flash, Batman, Wonder Woman. That's fine, but if you're looking for one of the slightly out there ones, but somebody that's not completely brand new, would definitely recommend going for uh, for Aquaman. It, it, and as you've just said, w- as a precursor to the film, this is going to do a lot of good in just laying the groundwork for when that film comes out. You'll be more familiar with what he can and can't do. You'll be familiar with Mira. You'll be familiar with Black Manta. You know, Black Manta is to Aquaman what Lex Luthor is to Superman, what the Joker yeah. is to Batman. It's his dead on his yeah, arch nemesis on. for decades. Wherever, whenever they fight, no matter what the outcome is, he'll be back in a couple of months or in a couple of years. He's always in the background doing something. Yep. And like and, you and, spoke about Mira, he probably has the, going off the top of my head, she is probably, she's definitely the strongest significant other. Oh, God, How- yeah. Because again, close. She, she's not full Atlantean, is she? Is she? She's, no. she's a, a different race. It's kind of like the the Kryptonian Daxamite thing, where she's mm-hmm. from a different race, but she's got the same abilities. She's really strong. She's got bulletproof skin because her skin is so much stronger. So yeah. she comes on land and she can hold her own. You know, in in the escape from the White House, she's battering the army. She's throwing tanks and armored vehicles around. Oh, yeah. So you wouldn't fuck with Mira. And if they're going no. down that route with, with Amber Heard, that's going to be a sight to behold as well, to, to see. Yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's got telepathy powers. Yeah, there's, there's not a whole lot of weaknesses there. Um, she does have the mental struggles, which is her big weakness, I guess, in the comics. But and she's incredibly as, angry. Yes, yeah, she she's, she's like mental angry. Yeah, she does. That, yeah, that's she probably really her is. biggest weakness and that... It, but again, you know, that's more realistic, isn't it? If you've got somebody who's bulletproof, she's got to have a weakness, otherwise where's the fun? Has to. Yeah, and she has a twin sister too, so it's, I mean, it's a really cool, there's a lot going on here, so, um, yeah, and like Stu said, Black Manta is an awesome villain. Yeah. An awesome, he, awesome, awesome villain. Anyone who watched Young Justice will oh, yeah. be familiar with Black Manta. You know, one a really sort of sneaky, conniving, very clever brilliant strategist character that's always in the background is always doing something definitely yeah, remember he he kills their son in comic book lore yeah you know he's he, I mean, he's a crazy bastard he, he there's there's no bounds on this guy so and and they've got a genuine hatred haven't they it's not one of these things where you know that there's no love lost the they're not like former friends or anything this is a genuine right. bloodlust hatred mm-hmm built yep. across decades and Aquaman actually kills Black Manta's dad yes. and that's why the current Black Manta hates him so much because he took his dad away from him but he's looking at it through rose tinted glasses because his dad was actually an arsehole but he doesn't realise that his dad was an arsehole mm-hmm. all he sees is you killed my dad therefore I'm going to kill you yeah the, so, the hate in the character is it's just so well done it's, I love it like, I, I, again I like the darker characters better um, and I think they, that's just done really well. I, I can't speak enough about it. I, I was, it's a, such a pleasant surprise that they really did that well. And I, I knew they were going to again because of the movie, but it's, it's that good for me. Yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing. I, I started it thinking, well, I'll probably get the first five or six issues 
and then I'll I'll probably end up getting rid of it. And I couldn't I, I couldn't drop this one now if I could. I'm very, very invested in it. Yeah, big time. Big, so that, big time. That seems like a good place for us to end. Like I say, we'll we'll try and come back to it and have a look at Batman next but we're not going to do like reviews there's plenty of videos out there that that will do reviews of the storylines if you want to yeah but we don't want to ruin it because i know we do have some listeners who are starting to get into comics now and as joe said he actually got me into this he knew that i wanted to get back into comics but it would be so hard for me to go back and collect the last 15 years and he said look dc rebirth is a, a new starting point you can pick up from this and then just go back and cherry pick and fill in some of the bigger holes. And that's exactly. what I've been doing. And if anyone else is in the same position, if you want to start, it's not so far gone that you couldn't just jump in now. You could pick it up in a couple of weeks and you wouldn't Absolutely. have to search far and wide. If you go to Forbidden Planet, you can get most of the back issues. If you can't, look on, for Amazon, a really good look on eBay. Look on Another one I use is Mega City Comics, which is brilliant for back issues. You might pay an extra pound for the older ones because some of them have got limited prints and variant covers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the various, it, the various covers are amazing too, yeah, by the way. Yeah. The, the artwork on the covers has been as good as, as any, you know, they, they yeah. really are focusing on the, on the artwork and the, the artistry side of things as well as backing them up with great stories that are compelling. And if you don't want to get the issues, they've started now releasing the first volume of graphic novels. Now they're yep. a lot easier to get into. Rather than going buying six, eight, ten individual comics, just buy a graphic novel that'll cost you maybe twelve ninety nine up to fifteen pounds, yep. and then you'll get it's the like, whole story arc in one go. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like reading a book. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to exactly like you said, you don't have to carry around six, seven, eight episodes. It's literally a hardcover. Sometimes it's not a hardcover, but it tells you the whole story arc, and it's just easier. It's for me, it's easier. Yeah, it, it's a lot easier, and. You know, you can get them on whenever, wherever you need to buy them. But your best bet for me is like Forbidden Planet and Amazon because you'll get them at a good price. You'll get them delivered within three days. I basically get a Forbidden Planet order every week or every other week. Like today I landed and I got like 20 bucks all in one go. Sometimes they'll split that up into four or five different orders. So I might get one on Monday, one on Wednesday, one on Friday, then one at the weekend. It just depends yeah. how quickly they come in from the States. And, so, and again, just to, just to stress this, these are these comic books are much better. Like Stu and I, I believe, are the same age. We're both thirty-five. Yes. And this is much better than what we grew up on. I can't stress that enough. So yeah. it's worth if you really want to get back into comics and you're serious about it. It really is worth the investment because just for the storytelling alone, you'll love it. Yeah, and it, it's worth the time. It's certainly worth the money, and it's it's more accessible than it's probably ever been before. Yeah. So hopefully you've enjoyed listening i know we've gone on a little bit long as we occasionally tend to do basically every (laughs) issue so sorry gags and sorry nina because i assume you'll be editing it but yeah we've kind of done what we always do and before we go huge thanks to to mr joseph connors for coming on with me it's what my pleasure man i I was waiting for this for a long time coming up for lunchtime for you it is, yeah. It's, uh, as you guys could probably hear, I'm obviously American. Um, it's 11.45, yep, very around lunchtime for me, which is perfect. Yeah, so you can go and have something to eat. Before you go, is there anything you want to whore out or promote? Um, definitely read Stu's article on Green Lantern. I think uh, a lot of people don't realize that, in my personal opinion, these articles 
are much, much, much more difficult to write than any kind of, I'll call it football for the sake of listeners, football, soccer articles. They're way harder. Anybody can write an opinion piece on a player. Not many people can write a detailed article on the Green Lanterns. You guys don't understand how difficult that is because of the detail involved. Um, so definitely read that. I know he's going to do a Robin one soon, too. Again, yes. massive detail involved. Um, I wrote a Legion one um, to tie in with the new show on FX, which I am liking right now. Uh, again, I've written many other ones on the AI comic side. Give them a read. If you don't like comics, don't read them. It's fine. I'm not going to be offended. I appreciate any kind of feedback. I, I do know I, I have a little bit of fan base out there, and I appreciate you guys reading my stuff. So thank you and just everything else. There's something for everybody on AI. I know it's said on every pod, but it really is true. There's something for – even if you don't like the sport of football, there's a whole other side to it. And Rory and Stu do an excellent job with the comic. It's Guys, it's not easy. It really isn't. And just to stress again, it's read the stuff. You might like it. Hopefully you will. Yeah, so yeah. please do. Um, my latest article, The Green Lanterns of Sector 2814, has just gone out this morning. Joe's latest article that's been published is The Hulk. That's well worth your read. You've then got his take on the killing joke. Um, I am going to be doing a Robin article. I might, I might start writing that today because I've got some time free this evening when Michelle goes out. Uh, but if not, it'll be out at some point in the next couple of weeks because it takes me a while to get into the mindset for these things. Um, thank you for reading. Uh, thank you for listening. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. So take it easy. can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer budget-friendly flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment the plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals so for whatever tomorrow brings united healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you learn more at uh1.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 